Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever works for you guys when you're listening to this. Welcome to episode number three of the Three Man Zone podcast. That's a big day for us, huge anniversary. Three episodes with Three Man Zone. Uh, we got the usual wow. squad today. Uh, <laughs> Sal, what's up, bro? Gang, 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 what's good, boy? Yo, what's up, bro? Gang, gang, we out here, we out here, what's up? For real, for real, what's good? For, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna end that. We're gonna. All right, for, for my intro, do, do I have to sound like a Brampton man too, or can I just <laughs> do a normal intro? It's it's up to you, bro. You 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 do what you want to do, bro. Uh, you do hey guys, I'm back. My name's Nash. Let's get started. Oh, hey, hey Nash, great. Let's do this. Let's do this, guys. <laughs> all right, I'm over this already. All right, all right, all right. Bro, a bunch uh, of trades been gone down in the NBA the last couple of weeks. I was just thinking. Let's see what we think about it. You know, what's going on? And obviously, the mm-hmm. big one that went down, uh, as of just, you know, when we're recording this, it just happened a couple of days ago. But the big boy that went down was Westbrook for Wall. That's mm-hmm. the massive one. Uh, honestly, this shit caught me so off guard. I, I called had... this, man. <laughs> okay, he did that's call the thing, it. right? In our last pod, he did call it. But just I was saying. just like, there's no way. It just, yo, okay, hold on. Let, let me just say my piece. Let me just say my piece. It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I don't know how this helps the rockets i don't know how this helps the wizards somehow they may they managed to do a lose-lose trade i don't know (laughs) help me out here make sense of this for me because i I don't fucking get it Mm -hmm. well i think personally like it's just like we all know what like westbrook and harden looked like Mm -hmm. that one year um and outside of like that one time after i think like mid-season where westbrook was like playing really well it just didn't work work out and i mean how many guys have you had play with harden now and how many times have the Rockets not gone far in the playoffs? So I feel like you're at that point now where these guys, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was some, like, beef between them. But at the same time, you have John Wall coming in, who's, like, kind of an unknown. Maybe a better three-point shooter than Westbrook. Maybe gives you a different look. I just feel like it doesn't hurt to at least try it. Um, and, you know, the Rockets got a first-round pick back anyway. So from Houston's side, I get it. Uh, Washington, I don't know. You know, I would have been. I would have loved to see Wall and Beal play together after so long. See how it works now with Beal being like the better player. But uh, maybe, yeah. I guess they just are gonna try with Westbrook. It's interesting though. See, my thing was at first I was on your boat, Sal. I was looking at this trade like, okay, who really got better? It makes no sense. They're similar point guards. But the more I dug into it, I think the Wizards came out on top for this one, and I'll I'll tell you why. So, as much as everyone loves to shit on Westbrook, you know he's not a good shooter and things like that. To be fair, he had a good season in Houston last year. He averaged like 27.5 points, 7 assists, and there was a stretch where he was, you know, had 30-something points per game and all that, right? So my my view on this is this. The thing with John Wall is he's been consistently injured for the past two years. So now, Houston got rid of their disgruntled star for John Wall, who at their best, uh, at his best, is Westbrook's last season in in Houston. Mm, Interesting. Right? Right, so at his, at John Wall at his best is Westbrook, what he did in Houston last season. So now you have Westbrook who's going to uh, Washington with Bradley Beal had an All Star year last year for sure. I don't know how he got yeah. snubbed, but he was killing it. So now you have someone who has proven that he can play at that level, and that's not even Westbrook's prime. And he averaged twenty seven point five points. He spaced the floor. He kicked the ball out. And now you have someone like this with Bradley Beal. And the, and, and another thing I noticed was. Paul George had his best season with Westbrook as his teammate. And there's been so much hate going on with mm. Westbrook, but there's so many posts where people are saying what a great teammate he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. He, everyone's talking about Everyone he's such a great him. leader. Everyone loves him, right? So mm-hmm. now in Washington, you have the leader of the franchise. The leader in terms of, I'm not talking about points. I'm talking about the face of the franchise in terms of who's going to lead is Westbrook. Beal can just go out and do his thing. Mm-hmm. So I think Washington definitely came out on top. The thing with the Rockets is it's just, I don't know, it's such a big what if. And I think Harden's yeah. going to leave anyway, so they lose definitely. But Washington definitely won this one. Okay, listening to this, it's starting to make a little bit more sense to me now as I think about this right now. I think you guys both flipped my argument and kind of explained to me why it's actually a win-win for both teams. Mm-hmm. Houston seems to be kind of blowing up the team. Right? They look like once Daryl Morey's gone, whoever this new GM has come in, and he's kind of t- turning the team around. So they get that first-round pick. They get Westbrook off their books. They just kind of have to eat up John Wall for a little bit. I think for them, they see the first-round pick as a victory. So that's exactly, yeah. good enough for them. But for the Wizards, I agree 100% with you, Arvin. Like, I think this is a massive upgrade. And people who know me know I don't really like Westbrook that much. I don't really fuck with him. But he's somehow become underrated. Like, that, like yeah. we're, we're talking about yep. Westbrook as he's some scrub, as if he didn't win an MVP or anything like that. So he's somehow become underrated. Let's yeah. not get it twisted. John Wall is nowhere near the player Westbrook ever has been. No, yeah. I, I, I just don't think it's even close. He's a wor- Somehow he's a worse three-point shooter. He's a worse player in the half court. Um, I, I just, he's, he's not the player. So it's definitely an upgrade for the Wizards, but I just don't think it does enough for them. I think they, okay, here's a question. With Westbrook, do they make the playoffs now? Yeah, ha- yeah. Given given that the East has improved considerably this offseason. Yeah. I just feel like, yo, man, Westbrook and Beal together. Like, Beal was no slouch. Yo, Beal, obviously, like we said, he should have been on the All-Star team. Yeah, Beal was so good, man. Now you got two guys like that in your front court. And then I love, like, the Wizards. They have, like, really like really good stretch shooting bigs. Like, they have uh, Bertans and they have, uh, what's his name? Wagner. Mo Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> Wagner, um, but like they have, they have, they have pieces, right? And I feel like now with Westbrook, you have someone that like he's like, oh, he's always gonna be like a triple double threat, right? And I feel like this would work better for him uh, than playing with like Harden, because Harden was like you know he has the ball so much. So I feel like yeah, it'll be kind of like a he'll get back to form. My only worry is just the shooting. Like looking at John Wall's numbers right now, the year before he got injured, he was shooting thirty seven percent on four attempts per game. Compare that to Westbrook last year, he shot 25%. So the shooting there is a little bit suspect, but for definitely for Wizards, like they didn't have ball for two years. So now they went from having nothing to Westbrook. So yeah, that should be enough to push them into the playoffs, in my opinion. See, my thing is, when you look at Bradley Beal's season, he averaged like 30 points last season. He didn't even make the play- All-Star game or whatever. But the thing that's going to happen is, since Westbrook has come in, he's not going to shoot often, but they're going to stretch the floor. Maybe Bradley Beal's numbers go down in terms of stats, but his field goal efficiency is going to go up. He's going to shoot much better. What you're going to have is everyone's, everyone just stress the floor. Westbrook's going to do his thing, drive into the paint, kick out. I think Bradley Beal becomes a better player overall. And another thing people are forgetting is that the Wizards head coach is Scott Brooks. Mm-hmm. They've played, like, Westbrook had his best season under him. And they made that trade for that reason. Scott Brooks knows how to use him. I think it's a good fit, man. I think they definitely have a shot at making the playoffs. And... Now maybe Westbrook's probably the second best point guard in the East, right? Uh, Who else is that? Kyrie Irving. So who's better than Westbrook in terms of point guard? I mean, I'm gonna need a minute Curry? to think about that. 
Yeah, that's I, 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 yeah. So he automatically I like, I becomes. Honestly, I like Lowry better than Wesley. Let's be realistic here. <laughs> Let's be realistic. More value, like, yo, a, more value to a team, more to like winning and shit. I, yeah, I care about that. It's a different argument. It's it's it's. We're just saying who's better. Who's? Yeah, who puts up more stats? Yeah, Westbrook, but who's more talented? Sure, Westbrook. <laughs> who's a better player? But who who impacts winning? <laughs> Lowry. Yeah, that, it's a different yeah. question. It's a different question, yeah. but yeah, I'm just talking about individual ability. I think Westbrook is probably the best point guard in the East, other than healthy Kyrie. But we don't know if Kyrie is fully healthy, so that's going to be interesting to see. Well, Skill wise, Kyrie gets it, but like yeah. athlete, athleticism wise, it's always going to be Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah, and man, Sal, that's such a great point. Everyone shits on him like he's a scrub. Bro, this guy averaged triple doubles for two seasons straight, man. People gotta show him his respect, how bro. How does this happen? How 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 are we in a world where I'm defending Russell Westbrook? But um, but John, John Wall is such a big question mark. He played like yeah. 80 games since 2017 or something. It's, yeah. a, it's a, nothing nothing crazy, and it's a guy who relied on his speed, athleticism, explosiveness. Does he have any of that anymore? I I really don't know. If the intention no. of the Houston Rockets is to just stack up some picks and look towards the future, then it's fine. Who cares how John Wall plays? But James Harden did come out and say that how this is the guy he wanted to play with. Like, is he just saying that because that's his new teammate? Or does he truly believe this is an upgrade over Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook? Because I honestly don't think it is. But I mean, see. maybe he's had like time to see Wall in the gym or something like that, like how he's playing. But I don't think you really would know for sure unless you run actual like NBA competition games and all that stuff. But um, there's also the boogie connection with uh, John Wall. John Apparently Wall. that was something. Yeah, where are they from? Duke, Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky. yeah, Kentucky, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's an interesting team, man. You got Cousins, Christian Wood, John Wall, James Harden, and uh, who's small forward? Uh, missing Covington. These resigned? No, 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 no Covington. They traded, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. PJ Tucker's still there, so I, I guess see, he my thing, Tucker moves to that small forward spot now. Yeah, he has to. Right? See, my, my, my thing is, I feel like now Houston is actually on the brink of having a good rebuild. They need to get rid of yeah. Harden. They, if they can trade John Wall again, do it, bro. I don't know why they got him. To be fully honest with you, like th this doesn't te make the te team any better. They got a young big man in Christian Wood. Trade these guys, get some picks, and rebuild. Because now I, I don't even know if they're they're gonna be in the fringes of making the playoffs, mm. right? If even if Harden's there, so I I don't know what this does for them, other than to make Harden happy. But I I say wave the white flag and just trade Harden, rebuild, man. He's not happy there anyways. We all know that. I think Harden is good enough to carry this team to the playoffs, but I mean it's it's not a surprise to anyone. This is not gonna be a contender. They're not a contender like mm -hmm. they were in the past few years. Even last year with Westbrook, people were kind of scared of them. We we coming into that season, everyone was kind of excited to see how that would play play out. Obviously, it didn't work out. This whole small ball thing that they were trying to run, clearly it doesn't work. Whatever. Now it's just a matter of committing to one or the other. Is is this? Are you still trying to win with this team? Because it's not, and you're just wasting potential here. Or just just commit to the rebuild, get rid of Harden, get rid of Wall, and and you're off to a decent track. You got some decent young players that you can work with. Like, that's tough. That's... I mean, like, my thing is, like, um, if you're going to trade Harden, like, you better get, like, a package that, like, is worth his value. And I don't feel like 
there's many outside of maybe Brooklyn you can put together like a great package for him so I think they're just being patient um but yeah in terms of other trades let's uh talk about the Drew Holiday trade like what do you guys think of that one oh this one for me okay first of all I'm like probably the biggest Drew Holiday fan in the world I love Drew Holiday so immediately when I heard Drew Holiday to the Bucks, I was so angry because I love Drew Holiday, but I hate the Bucks. So <laughs> I, I don't want that to happen. I don't want him helping another team in the East. So immediately I thought, holy shit, Milwaukee just got so much better, so much better. And then I sat back and actually looked at that trade, and Milwaukee gave up a lot. Yep. They gave up a lot, and now I'm I'm honestly 50-50 on this one. It's one of those where if, if everyone's healthy and they're fine, and they make the NBA Finals, it's worth it, but they gave up a lot of depth and a lot of picks. So if Giannis leaves, oh, this is not looking good for That's uh, dangerous. Milwaukee. So, like, my thing with this trade was, at first, like you said, I was, okay, Drew Holiday... You know, he's going to be a great addition to the Milwaukee Bucks and things like that. But like you said, they gave up so much for him. They're looking really thin right now, right? They had George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, all these people in that point guard position. Now who do they really have? So, but the thing is, when you look at the overall trade with the Pelicans involved, the Thunder involved, the Nuggets involved, I feel like overall it's a win-win trade for everybody involved. And I'll tell you why. So Milwaukee Bucks, they needed to make some kind of move to convince Giannis to stay. They had to do something, mm-hmm. right? So even though they gave up a lot of players, a lot of picks, this is a move they had to make to bring some kind of change. So at least Giannis knows his offseason that the the Bucks ownership is, is serious. The thing for Oklahoma City, they got George Hill. They got a lot of first-rounders. They're trying to rebuild. They did well. New Orleans. So if you look at New Orleans, they got Steven Adams. They got Eric Bledsoe and two first-round picks. Look at that New Orleans team now. So you got Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram. You got Steven Adams, Zion Williamson. They are pretty deep at this point. So they got a got a good deal out of that. And the Nuggets on top, they got RJ Hampton from the pick from Milwaukee, who everyone thinks is going to be a sleeper. So if you look at it from the four teams' perspective, this was a trade that everyone had to make, and I feel like it, it works for all of them. Yeah, man. Like I feel like, especially for, like you mentioned, the Bucks, like they needed, like, they needed to do something to convince Giannis that, hey, maybe they can actually, you know, build a championship team here. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing for me was also the the way they handled the, the Brogdanovich trade. Like, the fact that that didn't go yeah. through. Uh, <laughs> that Like, a part of me, even if they did make that trade go through, they still would have lost even more depth. Like, I think Ilya Sova and DiVincenzo were in that trade. So, it's like, this is interesting. Like, I definitely love their, like, starting lineup and all. But now it's like, okay, can those bench guys come in? Because their bench was big, man. Like, DiVincenzo and all these random players. Was you had, like, um, who's that other white guy? Um, Pat Connaughton. <laughs> Pat Connaughton. <laughs> right? Like, these, these guys these guys would come into games and just be killing it, right? So it's like, that was a strength of theirs. And now it's like, you know, every time you get these new players into it, you're always going to have to, like, you know, there's always going to be, like, experimenting and seeing how these guys are going to mesh, like, obviously with Drew Holland and all. So it might be, you know, take some time for them to get used to it. But, you know, we'll see um, how uh, how things that play out this season. So, wait, do you, do you guys think the Bucks got worse overall or better overall? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about depth, whatever. Like, you think their regular season is going to be as good as last season? Okay, so... I, go ahead. 
Yeah, so, so there's two ways to look at this. I think regular season-wise, they might be around the same, if not a couple of games worse. Because of the regular season, depth does matter, right? When you look at their guard rotation right now, it's Drew Holiday, and then there's a severe drop. Their starting shooting guard is Dante DiVincenzo, who's a solid player, and that's fine as their fifth starter. Um, but their backup guards are DJ Augustine, who's, again, a serviceable backup point guard. Nothing great. And Bryn Forbes. Um, for the regular season, you need a little bit more depth <laughs> to yeah. to kind of supplement the offense. But in the playoffs, when the rotations get shortened anyways, and all these starters are going to be playing 38 to even 42 minutes, I think in the playoffs they'll be fine. Actually, I think this helps them in a playoff series. So I think that's this is the one where yeah. it's, it's so hard to say. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens with them. And again, one injury... If if Drew Hall, Drew Holiday goes down with something, they're in they're in big trouble. Man, I think they're in deep shit regardless, bro. I don't think this pushes them to go past what they did last season in terms mm-hmm. of the playoffs either. And they're one injury away from everything just blowing up in their face. And this doesn't keep Giannis, man. Let's be real. I have a feeling after next season, both Drew Holiday and Giannis are going to just dip. Bye. Yeah, yeah, especially because like Milwaukee has <laughs> never been like a great destination for people to even want to go play in. Um, yeah. You know, it's not like Miami or LA or anything like that. Uh, but my main thing with that team is it all relies on the coaching, honestly, and the adjustments they make when, like, you know, because Giannis has limitations in his game, and teams have figured that out. So it's like, I don't think Drew Holiday is a piece that, like, they can kind of, like, play to kind of counteract that. Uh, it definitely helps, but I think it's up to Giannis to kind of, like, learn how to play when the you know, teams are, like, going to, like, get in the, in the paint and, like, fog that up. Like, he needs to be able to, like, consistently make jumpers and, like, maybe fadeaways and threes and all that stuff more regularly. So, it'll be interesting to see about that. No, no what's that meme you said was in, in the first episode about him being in the drive-thru? Yeah, like, if, 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 uh, if Giannis was, like, 6'3 or something like that, he would be working at a McDonald's drive-thru. Oh, my Cause, God. Because he's only that's... MVP because of his uh, genes. That's nah, that's... That's disrespectful. Come on, get out of his order. Man, he he could he could actually. I wouldn't be surprised if he won his third MVP in a row. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he should, unless he really changes his game. Like the only thing is, like in my opinion, that's gonna stop it is voter fatigue. They're like, okay, this guy's won back to back. But if Milwaukee are number one in the East again, Giannis is obviously gonna have a monster season. He could win. He could easily win. Yeah, I don't disrespect Giannis, but. I don't think this puts the Bucks anywhere close to what they need to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, we'll it's, see. It's in the playoffs. I think like Drew Holiday is just a part. Like he's built for the playoffs, the style of game. He's a one-on-one stopper, um, and offensively, he's he's good enough to create his own buckets. He's he's another twenty-point scorer, and they needed that because when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks roster, they had a first option and a second scoring option, but there there was there was a big drop off after that so when chris middleton wasn't scoring they didn't have a third guy to rely on and we're seeing more and more in today's nba that you need three clear options the toronto raptors had three clear scoring options the cavaliers had that the golden state warriors had that so milwaukee's missing that third key scorer and i think that's the logic behind that trade that they had so i, I i'm gonna say i'm still 50 50 i'm i don't want to jump to any conclusions and say this is a big l or they're winning the championship I just think the way Giannis plays, it's not conducive to exactly. winning basketball right now anyways. He kind of reminds me of 
maybe uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was close. They built a perfect team around him for him to succeed. I don't think Milwaukee's a perfect team around Giannis. I think there's still yeah. a lot of holes. So uh, I'm still not convinced any any more or any less than I was last season that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Like here's the thing. Like I would say, just as like summarizes with Giannis. Regular season, he they can be great. You know, teams can make the adjustments they can make in one game in forty eight minutes. But in the course of a seven game series, like you're the teams are studying each other. And like you study the Milwaukee Bucks enough and you make those adjustments in game two, three, four, five, and you you know, unless um who's their coach? Budenholzer. Unless mm-hmm. Budenholzer makes some kind of adjustments against that, they're gonna always be stuck in again, you know, flame out in the playoffs pretty early, so I think it's really up to the coaching and them figuring out how to best use Giannis. I so, think Pelicans took a big dub here, though. Yeah, I think so, too. I think when we're talking about the Milwaukee trade, everyone wants, to, everyone wants to talk Giannis and things like that. But, man, I think David Griffin really finessed them, bro. He's got some... Steven Adams is a great big man. They're getting from OKC. Mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe, while he's not a starting caliber... Well, he's a starting caliber point guard, but I not so. the second option that we all thought he would be next to Giannis. He is not that. But he doesn't have to be in New Orleans. They got Lonzo Ball coming off. They have picks. They have, you know, they have Zion Williamson. I think they increase their depth. And maybe this kind of creeps them up mm-hmm. to try and get them to the playoffs. But the West is so loaded, bro. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah. I mean, like, definitely, like, it uh, solidifies them even more. Because um, I know last year they had they had Derek Favors. I think he left as well. The, especially, especially their defense. They look really solid on that end. Um, yeah. But, um yeah, I just I'm curious to know if the Pelicans, what they really want to do, right? Do they feel like they can go and compete, um, or do they feel like you know maybe it's an, just another developmental year, maybe even just try to get Zion healthy and play like a full season? They um, were right there though. They were. Yeah, right they there. were. Well, they like completely like effed up in the bubble. Like, they win a game? No, I don't think that's they sad. Did. That's Phoenix sad. Man. One, so they, they that's so Phoenix sad. Was, Phoenix was significantly below them. Yeah, and they made that big run to get ahead. Poor, uh, Pelicans had every chance of taking over that ninth spot and play that playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of threw it away, but that, that's why I think they're they're right there. And if you look at their depth chart right now, it's it's, it's a pretty significant upgrade compared oh, to yeah. last season. I think Stephen Adams. People are getting it twisted. They're saying, "Oh, they should have got a center who can shoot uh, to go besides Zion." I think I think this is the perfect fit besides Zion because Stephen Adams is he's a bit of a passive center. And quite literally, he's a great passing big man for his position. Mm. And that's actually what this team needs. You need a guy who can kind of stay in that high post area that you can run the ball through and play that high-low action with Zion Williamson. It's actually a perfect passing big man to fit this team and how they how they operate. Um, again, again, defensively, if you get Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe on the same backboard, oh, yeah. they're mm. clamping up everyone. Clamps! Long as hell, too. I mean, like, defensively, this team looks phenomenal uh, but again they're just so young right like the bubble came in mm-hmm. high intensity high pressure fight, fighting for a playoff spot that's when they kind of crumbled but again they signed jj reddick i think they signed jj reddick right no what? yeah this was last yeah yeah, yeah. Deal they had oh, yeah. Two year deal. so again jj reddick is just the perfect player uh to have on that team except now he doesn't need to have too much of a scoring burden on him as well with with some of these other additions mm-hmm. he's probably gonna come off the bench i feel like eric bless is the one who's gonna start um, and obviously they signed Kirill Lewis Jr. too as a rookie, so that's another project player who's probably going to have to play that backup point guard position. I don't know if I'm convinced 
they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're close. They're closer than they were last year. And last 100%. year was a big surprise. 100%. And I think another guy people forget is Jackson. Is it Jackson Hayes? Jackson Hayes. Yeah, Jackson Hayes. He, he's a center, right? The athletic guy? The guy Super who just athletic. jumps over. Super athletic, and that's going to be their backup center? Come that's on, bro. Their bench is looking stacked right now. So I, I think I think they're definitely made some big leaps. But another thing I want to ask you guys was, what do you think is going to be Zion's next step next season? What will be a successful season for him? Staying healthy, man. That's it. That's it. He's a second-year yeah. player. Like, no one's expecting him to be an MVP. Um, n- nothing like that. He had a like. He looked amazing. I, I was I was low key low key. I was a Zion hater in college. Maybe because I don't like Duke. Maybe because I'm a UNC supporter. I was <laughs> low key a Zion supporter. I thought he wasn't the real deal. He's gonna face NBA competition, and you're gonna realize a six six power forward doesn't work. I'm wrong. I admit <laughs> it. I admit it. I I was I couldn't be more wrong, but even in the few games he played, he looked amazing. Like he changed every defense. Then had to just screw their game plan, and it's like, well, how do we stop Zion? You know, when you have a player where the whole defense is aimed at stopping you, and you're a freaking rookie, like that's that's special. So I think for him, it's just stay healthy, stay on the court, and he's gonna keep getting better. There's a good shout. He even might make the All Star game next year. If he just has decent, decent enough stats, he's gonna have enough media coverage, enough fan voting, and enough enough name recognition to get himself into the All Star game. Yeah, Nash, what do you think, bro? Yeah, I mean, like for Zion, like like I said, like just staying healthy, because I feel like even if he, you know, like doesn't like go play amazing or like make take that step, he's still like an easy twenty ten guy and. Uh, they just need to figure out how to, how to best work all the players together in that team. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, okay, what's Zion going to do? Is he going to average 30 and 10? Like, I don't think they care about that. They just they have so much talent. I was surprised even last year how they struggled in the bubble. Like, they definitely, they come out. You got to at least win one game with that, yeah, those kind of players. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's just like I want like them to just figure out as a team how to run everything. And, you know, now they have a new head coach as well. So, it'll be interesting. So, like, the way I see Zion, I think he's going to have a... Remember the season where Blake Griffin was completely sidelined for the first year? And the yeah. year after, he just came out and had one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time? I think Zion... Okay, it's not going to be his rookie season because he played some games. Mm-hmm. But he, if he's healthy, he's going to come out and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, yeah, he's yeah, just going to jump so. over everyone. He's going to have, like... He's, his dunks are going to be on, like, weekly highlights every week. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be like, yo, this guy's a real fucking deal. Like, he's going to be shape, his... Though. I, I, probably during the offseason, I hope he worked on that. Because yeah, eventually his, his knees are going to give out, right? If he keeps playing at that level. Yeah, but not. Just drop a few. Yeah, me too, bro. We all do, so. <laughs> 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 Quarantine doing that to us, man. Quarantine, bro. I'm eating Church's chicken right now, having a nice Canada dry ginger ale. All the calories, hey, baby. Okay, on, a side note, on a side note, I just want to say KFC's ass, Popeyes is better. Anyways, back yeah, to it. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Haters gonna hate. Haters yo, KFC is trash, bro. I don't want to get into this, but yo, it's actually trash. You're tripping, bro. Bro, I nah. grew up on KFC, all right? Like, that that like skin is like, oh, to die for. That coleslaw dude hit, bro. That coleslaw dude hit. Yo, Dad, did you just say the skin is to die for? Yeah. <laughs> this guy doesn't even want... He, see, that's the problem. That's the problem I'm talking about. People who eat KFC don't even like the chicken. They like the freaking skin. Skin. Yo, man, have you watched that South Park episode where he, like, sucks the skin off, like, uh, Cartman? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, man. It's, it's facts, man. That, that, that skin is like cocaine. 
Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad we've established that KFC skin is like cocaine. If anyone listening, that's what we've established. Please stay away yeah. from it. Be safe. Use in a safe <gasps> spot. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Don't do drugs, kids. Stay away from KFC. Don't, stay away from Unless... KFC, man. I tell you. <laughs> You know what? I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk about the Warriors because, you know, Warriors. Oh, yeah, Warriors. Boy. So, what do you guys think about Warriors getting Kelly Oubre? Let's go. Um. Okay, I, w- I wonder if this was a reactionary trade for Clay Thompson getting injured or if this was going to happen regardless. But this is, this is a... I, I couldn't believe it. I don't even know how they worked it out with their salary cap. This is such an unbelievably amazing pickup for the Warriors, considering they didn't yeah. have to give anything up. Yeah, it, it's it's. Th- there's no ways about it. This is this is. He's the perfect player to fit in that roster. Um, yeah. he showed last year. He's a twenty point per game scorer on the Suns, and I think mm-hmm. right now with Clay Thompson out, he he can play that role. He's a guy who can shoot threes. He's he's a. He's not as good as Clay as a perimeter defender, but he's he's not he's not he's not a bad defender by any means. He's super athletic, runs the floor well. This is just what a um, I, and it makes me so mad, man. It, I I got pissed off because I'm like, yes, the Warriors are fucking done. Clay's injured. Uh, I mean, I don't hope injuries on anyone. Yeah, but don't say I that. Don't want the Warriors to succeed. Every part of me doesn't want the Warriors to succeed. And then they go out and get fucking Kelly Oubre, and they're gonna be good. And if Clay Thompson comes back, and Kelly Oubre sticks around. Oh my God! Holy! And they still fuck. have Wiggins, bro. You never know. <laughs> they got Maybe Wiggins he'll... coming off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, Nash, what do you think, actually? Yeah, I mean, it increases their overall team attractiveness by a few points, so definitely a win. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I think the Warriors has has all light skin, like top three yeah. good looking, bro. Yeah, uh, look at Draymond Green ruining that image, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, shout out! Sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> shout out to Draymond Green. But no, see, my thing with that is I feel like Warriors getting Ubre is just such a, it's such a Warriors move. Their organization just gets shit right, bro. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to get Kelly Ubre for, they just traded a first round pick in 2021. And that, that to a protected first round pick for Kelly Ubre. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So now they have Andrew Wiggins, who before going to Golden State, he was having an upward trending season. People were actually like, okay. He's kind of finding his footing. He's actually being a bit more efficient. And then he gets traded to the Warriors, and obviously it's going to take time for him to fit in and things like that. So that's another piece. And now they add Kelly Oubre, who he was having a show-out season in Phoenix. He was averaging, like Sal said, almost 20 points. He doesn't back down from anybody. He goes and dunks on people. So he definitely fits that culture. And on top of that, you got Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So my thing is, I feel like the Warriors are going to go as far as Draymond Green's going to take them. Interesting. If no, if 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 we get Draymond Green from the 2015 2016 years, Warriors are gonna be a top six seed, easily, in my opinion, because you know Curry is gonna be Curry. If he's healthy, he's gonna put MVP numbers. But if Draymond Green can facilitate that offense the way he has done before and hold down that defense, you got Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, and on top of that, you got James Wiseman. He's a big like you know he's a I'm not talking defensively. He's not a great defender. But you still have a number two pick who can rim run every time. They can find him for lobs. Bro, they're going to be a fun team to watch. But Draymond Green has to step up. That's my big thing. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing with Draymond for me is, like, I didn't watch too many Warriors games last year. So I don't know if he's a player that was not that great last year because, like, Clay was injured and Curry was injured. Or is it like, okay, once they kind of have the the foundation back together, like, he's going to be back to the player he was when they were winning their championship. So... 
um yeah definitely interesting on that part and then uh my thing is like wiggins is such like a like a what do you call it what's that term enigma. when he's like enigma he's, <laughs> he's an enigma no, he bro. a failure <laughs> whoa no, chill that, like that term when like all, it could be like a all or nothing kind of play like a like he is Hail somebody Mary. that no nah, that's not the term but like essentially he could be the guy that takes his team from like being whatever six seed to maybe even like a top three seed if he really gets his shit together because like I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out at some point. But um, I feel like, man, like he's a first overall pick, right? And what better environment to like reach your potential than with like the Warriors, right? So I feel like if they can turn him around in that sense, like you have this great guy who, if he's coming off the bench, could maybe contend for like six man of the year. I don't know. All right, bro. Okay, hold on. Andrew Wiggins. Get your shit off, Sal. Get your shit off. Get your shit off. Andrew Wiggins sucked ass. For a guy who struggles to shoot even 45% and barely scores 20 points per game and has too much pride to play for the Canadian national team, man, get out of here. He... Uh, you just... Hey. Look, Sal, Sal, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but he was doing that in Minnesota where he was the second scoring option. You're now the third scoring option. Just stay in the corner, shoot threes, play defense. I think he's going to fit into that role perfectly. You don't have to shoot off the dribble. Don't do none of any of that crazy shit. I think, especially with the Warriors, every every player that has gone to the Warriors has gotten better. They have that culture. So I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins is going to be a game changer, but he's finally got to find a role in the NBA where people are going to look at him and be like, wow, he fits that team well. Especially with the Warriors and, you know, leadership of Curry. They got a great organization. I think he's going to have a good season. Right, right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. My thing is just temper your expectations on Andrew Wiggins. He's, he's not a... He's not a guy you can rely on to scoring. A third option is perfect for him. He's he will he is not anything more than that. He will never be anything more than that. He has he's still young, man. It's all downhill from here. To here. Sorry. He's <laughs> he's still twenty four, twenty five, man. Like I feel like like he's just he was never in the right situation. Like it sucked for him that he got traded uh, after they got he got drafted mm-hmm. by the Cavs. Um, but yeah, man. Like I feel like Warriors. You know, you never know. They could unlock his true potential, or maybe I'm. Just hey, Sal. Sal, you want to talk about this, today. bro? Did he hurt okay, you? Look, look, look. Hold did on, he hold left on. you on red? No, did no, he no. left you on red? Is that what happened? You slid into his DMs. He left you on red. Screw, screw the scoring, right? Screw the scoring, right? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Screw the scoring. Screw the scoring, right? Okay, whatever. Right, right. The situation, even though it's Minnesota, they were giving him the ball as much as he wanted, and he still couldn't do shit. Zach Levine ended up being a better fucking player than him. Bro, his whole thing was he's super athletic, super long, and people were talking about how good he could be defensively. Bro, he couldn't guard Jose Calderon, let alone anyone else. That guy couldn't do shit on the defense. If he can at least lock in on defense, and maybe this is where Steve Kerr and the Golden State coaching staff comes in. If he can just, it's not, it's not, he doesn't need to learn how to play defense. It's just a matter of focus. It's a matter of drive. It's a matter of just putting in the effort. If the Warriors can make him just play defense he's the best defensive player on that team he can be he has he can potential be. to be he has a potential to be one of the best defensive players in the damn league he just the way he's built he's just he's a perfect perimeter defender player he can he has the ability to block shots he's so athletic so fast he just he can be so great it just hurts me that we have a canadian that can be so great and it seems to be it's it's his work ethic and and every every other reason besides just putting in the work that's let him down. That's just what makes me so annoyed with him. Because I, I loved Andrew Wiggins coming out of high school. <clears throat> I loved him in college. And and just to see him 
not live up to his expectations, it just disappoints me more than anything. I just wish he was greater because I love him so much when he was younger. Man, actually, yeah, go ahead, Nash. I was gonna say, like, yeah, as a Canadian, obviously, I might be kind of a homer and really trying to root for him, but yeah, I mean, he's a first overall pick. This is how I see it. Like, he, he was, he, they call him Maple George, man. Like, you don't get that nickname just for being whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, but, but if you use that same logic, uh, Turkoglu was called the Turkish Jordan, so we're not gonna go there, bro. <laughs> hey, what, who called him the Who called him the Turkish Jordan? <laughs> bro, people in Turkey, people in Turkey used to call him the Turkish Jordan. Well, what was the thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, look. Hold yeah, on, so... <laughs> our history of knowing Turkish people, they're not the brightest individuals. So let's let's not take that into consideration. Hey, Amen. Um, wow. I'm, I'm about to get canceled. You're about, about to, to get, get canceled. canceled. Um, our Turkish uh... community fucking viewership just went down no, the drain. Here's the, thing. here's the thing. He was a number one overall pick, and he and it was warranted. It was absolutely warranted. People were comparing him to LeBron James. He was supposed to be one of the best players since LeBron James. And it's yeah. just been a letdown ever since. And it's not it's not about stats. It's his stats actually make him look better than he is. It's when you watch him play, he's it's he's a guy who's super athletic, but settles for mid range jump shots and puts no effort on defense. So it's it's that part. I think it's it's he could be so much better. And I think what he is though, I think people still do see potential in him. I think people still do see that he's a young guy that can improve and a rebuilding team or a team that's about to rebuild could potentially want to trade for him, right? And I think Golden State is kind of set up perfectly to kind of potentially trade for other assets, potentially another star. So we're going to have to wait and see. I, I They have some pieces to make that happen, but at the end of the day, I think for next season, they're pretty... Uh, well positioned to kind of surprise everybody. I just want to see an MVP season from Curry, man. Oh God! I, it's been it's been way too long since I've seen the Splash Brothers play, and I, I, I'm hope Clay gets better. It's it's been a long time. We definitely missed him in the league. And also another thing, uh, shout out to Sezgin, bro. We love you. That's our Turkish <laughs> friend we're talking about. <laughs> I love it's a it's an inside joke. We love you. Uh, so now another big trade that happened. Yeah, we do. We love him. Uh, so <laughs> another. Another another trade that really went down, which I think is gonna have a big big effect on that team, is Chris Paul to Phoenix. What what do you guys think about that? I love it. I love it it's, so much. Yeah. Um, what were the full details of the trade? I can't remember. This was one that went down a little while ago. So I can yeah. So Chris Paul and forward Abdul Nader got traded for Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, and a twenty two first round pick. And Jaylen Rubio they shipped out. J- so, sorry Lequa. sorry. Lequa. <laughs> you have you heard his rap song? What? Yeah, he has he has a song called Balance Toi. Is well, it good? I don't know what you just said, bro. It's it's Balance Toi. It's it's like it's like a hip hop. He comes balance into a club. With, balance Toi, Toi, Toi. <laughs> look at yo guys if you if, guys whoever's listening if you haven't heard of tony parker's rap song go look that shit up bro it's actually hey, pretty it's pretty trash cheat? but it's pretty why fire he cheat on his wife she was hot as fuck because it's tony parker bro that's french people he showed love to everybody i'm croissant croissant tony parker that dude's crazy <laughs> they don't believe in monogamy <laughs> they don't they're french they love too much you know we love too much <laughs> <laughs> um but back to chris paul uh, <laughs> oh my god back to basketball <laughs> back to basketball <laughs> I, I initially was kind of uh, too mild over this trade because I 
Again, I, I obviously you guys can tell I really like Kelly Oubre, not just because of his looks. I just think he's a great basketball player. Um, so I thought Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre was a little too much. I wish that there was a world or some way they could have only traded away Ricky Rubio, maybe another piece, and somehow kept Kelly Oubre and had a base of Aiton, Oubre, Booker, and Chris Paul. I think that would have been an amazing team, fun team, and obviously that's I think the salaries would have worked out that way. So it, it, it's fine, but... I still think this is a big W because, look, hate on Chris Paul all we want, and even in our fantasy drafts, we think to drop a lot lower because we all think Chris Paul is going to slow down. And we all Yo, we fucked that up, though. Yeah. Every year we do this. Every year, everyone underestimates Chris Paul, and every team he goes to wins. They just win. He, 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 he just has this ability to run a team perfectly. He has this ability to get the young guys to step up, and I think this is the perfect player for this team. See, like the way I see Chris Paul is, I feel like Chris Paul is what LeBron would be if he was six foot tall. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly how I see it. He's got the IQ, passing ability, winner, leader. If CP3 was six seven, he'd be a LeBron clone, right? Maybe sure. a better shooter, but see, the, the the logic I used for this was okay. When Chris Paul got traded to OKC, what were the predictions then? They were gonna be nobody even predicted them to be in the playoffs. Tanking, tanking, all that stuff, right? Who was the second best player that Chris Paul had on that team? Shy Gildas Alexander? Yeah. Sure. Right? <laughs> sure. Sure. Right? And, and the third best player was uh, Steven Adams. Schroeder or Schroeder. Right? Schroeder. They don't even know who their second best player is. That, that's exactly. Proven. Exactly. Gallinari. So the, oh, true. I forgot about <laughs> Like, they had some pieces, right? And they went, what, the six seed? Right? Which is insane. Yeah. If you use that same logic with him going to Phoenix... They have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, bro. Like, mm. these guys are elite already. I'm not saying Ayton's elite, but Devin Booker's a fucking bucket. Like, he's an yeah. elite scorer. And this might, you know what? This might sound crazy. I think Devin Booker, depending on where Harden ends up, could be, he could he could lead the league in scoring. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I, mean, I yeah, really like wouldn't be surprised. He definitely has that potential. Like, but like, for he me, has a, the, way I, the way I see the Suns is like, they were in that bubble, bro. They went eight and zero. They they went. Yeah. They were perfect, and they did that without Kelly Oubre. So, yeah. of course, like from their perspective, like they really just had to give up. Sure, Kelly was injured. They didn't. They knew. They knew they could win without him. They just had to give up Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lacroix, and they get Chris Paul. So it's like, okay, I just feel like this solidifies them even more. Now you have experience. You have that leadership, and like you said, you have a guy that can run the team really well. And this definitely puts them in a situation where. Who knows if that bubble thing was an outlier or not, you know? But I feel like if you like you take that chance and think that, okay, we went 8-0 in the bubble. We have this potential to be, like, a playoff team. And now you go get Chris Paul. And that'll be the perfect way uh, not only to, like, let these guys grow even more, like, mature into their roles like Aiden and Booker. But you have someone that can also help them win now. And I feel like for a team like the Suns, I've been shit for so long. They need that. <laughs> and, and another thing is Monty Williams is their coach. So this connection yeah. goes a long way back with CP3, right? I think CP3, I think Hornets. Monty Williams and CP3, yeah, in Hornets. The I think the last season, Hornets, season, when they were called the New Orleans Hornets. Bro, mm. that team was sick, man. Young CP, Tyson Chandler, David West. Remember that team? I think yeah. Stojakovic was on there too. God, yeah, damn, was, that was a yeah. fucking Kenyon Martin. That was Kenyon Martin. Oh, that was a stacked ass team. That was bro. a fun so I, team. It was, bro. Prime CP3 was a fucking monster, bro. Even now, he's great. So I think. It's and, and another player who's gonna really benefit. DeAndre Ayton's gonna have all star numbers, bro. 
Mm-hmm. He's gonna average like oh, twenty three and ten. This is the best thing that could have happened to him. This is the best Easily. thing that could have happened to him. Yeah, like he, um, he might actually fulfill his potential because of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, like, I think, I think because of how good Trey Young has been mm-hmm. and how good, um, obviously Luka Doncic has been, <laughs> he's kind of been undermined a little bit. But DeAndre Ayton has been putting up really good stats. And unfortunately, yeah. he's the only guy that has to play as a number two. All those guys, Trey Young, it's it's his team. He gets to run that team instead of godly numbers. Obviously, Doncic, no mm. question about him. John nah. unfortunately had to play. DeAndre Ayn unfortunately had to play behind um, Devin Booker, so he doesn't get the points that these other guys do. But he's he averaged eighteen and twelve last season, a block and a half. These are very very good numbers. I think we just forget how good and how young he still is, just because he looks. Like he's eighty years old. Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that draft class is gonna be loaded though. That draft class is crazy. One of the best of all time. It's already shaping up to be that way. It's yeah, already shaping up to be that way. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, it has potential for sure. Because they got baby girl, bro. <laughs> Luka Doncic. <laughs> I think for oh, yeah. me, this Phoenix Suns team is is. I'm almost gonna say they're a lock to make the playoffs this year. I think they, they are. are. They're so a cool. lock. I, I want to say they're a lock. I think they're I think a lock. They're of course, they're locked. The Pelicans. Yeah, they're better than Minnesota. They're better than. I mean, let's look at the rankings from last season, right? I think OKC finally falls out, and I think this is yeah. the team that replaces them. Yeah, I can agree with that. You know, like I don't think any. I'm looking at the other teams. I don't know if Memphis gets better than Phoenix. I don't know. The Spurs are garbage. They're probably going to get worse. The Kings got worse as well. Nah, name Bogdanovich. Nah. Like, a lot of these teams got worse. It's between the Pelicans and the Suns that made the improvements, and Suns had a far better offseason, I think. So, Just a more impactful me, offseason. Let me ask you this. So, where do you think the Warriors are going to be? As, it's like, oh, yeah, there's West a lot is, of good teams. Bro, the West is Get tough, Portland bro. out of here. Get Portland out of here. No way. No Get way. Get Portland, Portland out of here. Bro, Portland's not leaving. They're making the playoffs. Portland's they making the playoffs. They barely made it last season. I know, but they got Covington. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> I, I, I think right now, Suns are better than Portland. I really do. I, you know what? I'll put money on it. I Ooh. think the Suns are better than the Portland Trailblazers right now I agree. for the regular season. Yep. Uh, yo, I think, I think we should put money on this. Okay. I'll be down. Let's hey, do it. Well, let's talk about yeah. it. Let's talk about it. Okay. I'm about it. I'm, I'm about putting it. my money on the Suns. I'm putting my money on the Suns. I think the Suns get in as an eight seed. Over the Blazers. I no, I, I see. Oh, no. Go ahead. Over the Blazers. Over OKC. Suns, Suns top four seed. Hey, Sun- bro. Whoa. What? You think Damn. Dallas? You, you'll be, yeah, you'll be referring back to this podcast hey, in less than a year. Houston Rockets? They make the oh, playoffs. they're out. They're out. They're Actually, out. no. If Harden's still there, if Harden's still there, they're making the playoffs. No, I don't think so. You're no way. Harden's gonna drag him to the playoffs, dude. Don't worry. Okay, we'll have our prediction video, and you'll see my ranking. All right. Oh, All right. okay. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. But hey, yeah, I don't know. I'll do a test. I'll see what's crazier: his choice in fried chicken or his NBA statement. We're gonna have to wait and see. We're gonna have to wait and see. But on that note, talking about Harden. I don't mm. think he's going to be there for game one. Uh, I don't think he's going to be on the Rockets for game one. Where I, does he go? I, look, I've been saying this for like two weeks now. He's going 
to the next. I don't see it happening, man. Those murmurs. I don't know if it's going to work. My thing is, if you're trying to win, you just accumulate the best talent. And, mm. and those guys will have enough talent to beat 99% of the teams. And I think that's a chance. If you're the Nets, you take that chance. You don't let this go away. You don't let this opportunity go away to win now. Look, as Raptors fans, we know if an opportunity comes to win now, even if it sacrifices the future a little bit, you take that opportunity. And I think if you're the Nets and you have to give up maybe Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and like a whole bunch of first round picks or maybe Dinwiddie and LeVert or whatever combination of skill players to make the salaries work, I think you do it. I think it's just the potential of those three guys is so great. And I know there's a potential that it doesn't work either. That's a reality of any of these super teams. But I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think they should do it. But if you're Houston, do you take that package though? Like Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie, two firsts. It's it's a matter of if Harden wants out. And, And we've seen superstars when they want out, they don't have much value. Like, we saw that DeMarcus Cousins trade. Kawhi, Kawhi. Kawhi. I mean, they, they don't have much value. They get they take what they can. It looks like they're valuing picks anyways. Because mm-hmm. they get a whole bunch of first-round picks for the next two, three years. Houston can bank on the fact that the Nets will have a two-year run and then collapse. And they'll be a shit team. And they can capitalize on their picks. So, yeah. we're going to have to have to be. That. It'll have to be, like, a lot of picks. And I feel like picks. if they're going to make yeah. the trade, it'll have to be at least a pick where, yeah, like, they don't have any of those players under contract for or something. See, here's my thing with this situation, right? If I were the if I were the Nets, you know Harden's not happy in Houston. You haven't mm-hmm. seen your full team play together in the East yet. Mm-hmm. What I would do is why why not just wait it out, let the season start before the trade deadline. If the Nets are not playing well, if the depth is not working out for them, then try and make that trade. Right? Because at this point, they'll have to give so much without even letting the team play. You haven't had KD who's healthy. You haven't had Kyrie who's healthy. What if they play now? They're killing it. They have depth. KD and Kyrie's enough. Why would they make that trade? And this is the Nets we're talking about. They traded away their whole future for Paul Pierce, KD, and they paid the price for like five seasons. I think they've learned from this. So my thing is, okay, let's wait it out. Let's see what KD and Kyrie are going to do. They got Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, all DeAndre Jordan. They have such a deep team. Are you really willing to mortgage the whole future for a player that obviously is an upgrade, but you're you're throwing away your whole future without even seeing what you have mm-hmm. at hand? So if anything, if shit doesn't work out, you see Harden still in Houston and he's still disgruntled or whatever, make the trade. And at that time, Houston will be forced to make that trade because Harden's probably going to be super fucking upset. Like, get me the fuck out of here. I like that. I think. I think. I think. Reg- I think. Regardless. If Brooklyn does play really well, I can see a world where they still make the trade because it's overvaluing some of their players where they might have to give up even less. If Karis LeVert is yes. having an amazing season, mm-hmm. it yeah. increases his value, therefore, you know, increasing their bargaining chip. So that exactly that, that actually might I think in either world, yeah, I think I agree with that. I think wait till the trade deadline. Run out more of Harden's contract. The less contract you have remaining, the less valuable that player becomes and and potentially you give up less maybe you don't have to give up Jared Allen in that package because I think that's a guy they really need to keep yeah and that's the thing like like they have Spencer they have so many guys who given their chance can show that they can put up numbers so there's going to be stretches in the season where everyone's going to be like wow these guys have actually surpassed their value so they could get 
they could get Harden for less, and I think they should just wait it out because the Nets cannot do that again. The Nets can't yeah. give up everything and be shit all over again, bro. <laughs> man, my thing is, yo, the Nets just need to stay the same team they are, man. Like, they have top-end heavy players, and they also have depth, man. Like, you have the perfect combination. And, you know, like, who knows how many men you're going to run deep in the playoffs, like eight eight or seven, whatever. But you, you have eight, seven, seven, eight solid, like, great solid players. So I feel like why get rid of your bench and, like, maybe mortgage your future just for Harden? isn't you know like i don't think he's the greatest fit so it's it's interesting so an, another trade scenario that we could look at is probably like harding going to philadelphia mm. that i, I that's that that's one. my that, thing i like that yeah, you, i like that. that's brought that up to me that's my thing bro that's my thing i i, I okay. feel like it would make the west so much more competitive and they got daryl Morey. i think i talked about this before but that would be so much fun to watch wait wait hold on hold on hold on but my understanding is if the Philly trade does go down, it would be for Ben Simmons. Do you think they should swap Ben Simmons, or the only way Philly should do this is if somehow keep Ben Simmons on the roster? So basically create a big three of Simmons, Harden, or Embiid? Or is it time to move on for Philly and say goodbye to Ben Simmons? I don't man, think that trade think... happens without Ben. Right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the thing is, man, the upgrade level from <laughs> Harden to Simmons, come on, dude. Like, this is James Harden we're talking about. Yeah. yeah who can yeah. shoot, who can pass, who can facilitate. He's like a one-man offense, pretty much. And you have Joel Embiid, and now you have shooters surrounded. It's the perfect fit. Man. It's so perfect, honestly. Oh, my God. I hope oh they make God. it. I, 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 that's a trade I'd, I'd love yeah. to see. I, I might even end up getting a Harden jersey. JK, I won't. But <laughs> oh, traitor. <laughs> you know, only Curry and Raptors, bro. That's it. That's the only two people I support. All right, let's wrap Steph this up. Curry. Yeah. What? Okay. Um, Steph Curry, bro. Steph Curry. Let's no, not talk about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, every time. Anyways, guys. Curry, I think about me trading Westbrook for Curry. Yo, I finessed you so hard that year. Is it fantasy? Moment. Yeah, in yeah, fantasy, bro. when Curry was having his unanimous MVPs this season, yeah. I just thought there's no way he keeps this up. He's probably oh. gonna get injured again for playoffs, so I traded a one-for-one trade for Russell Westbrook. And Why would you think played... that, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like Curry that much. I dislike Curry that much. I traded him away in his thirty-point MVP season, uh... and then I played him in the playoffs, and he beat me with That's my hilarious. goddamn Curry. Yo, yo, bro. The funniest thing justice. was, yo, I was seventh before that trade, and then I jumped yeah. to third. <laughs> <laughs> yo. yo, gotta give Solomon props on that one, bro. <laughs> Yo, good GM, bro. You're a fucking sick ass GM. Oh, that no, was a, that was a fleece. That was a good right. time. Still, peace, guys. Yeah, oh, everyone take Sal, care. Don't, don't get this hurt, bro. Just no, you like you hurt no. his feelings. Um, anyways, guys, if you guys wanna find more content, you guys can go onto Twitter at Three Men Zone. Follow us on Instagram at Three Men Zone. And yeah, man, subscribe to this podcast if you guys want. We'll come up with content every week. Uh, but thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Take care. Have a good peace. Bye.